Happy New Year and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for January 1st, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, and I am joined at the roundtable today by our team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week, we'll tell you about the most popular news stories on the Diz, and since it is the start of the new year, we're going to discuss some of the things you'll need to keep in mind when planning your vacation for 2007. We're also going to tell you more about the Dreams Unlimited Travel Video Trivia Challenge that just launched uh, today. All that in this, the New Year's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. So let's start off with the first, uh, the top three news stories uh, for uh, last week, uh, the first news stories of the new year. <laughs> Number three, three of Walt Disney World's four theme parks closed temporarily last week due to crowds. Because of the Christmas holiday, we talked about this oh, in our yeah. on our last show, the nineteenth. We predicted that this would happen, and we gave uh, gave some advice to people about uh, best best way to avoid it. And I think exactly what we said came true. Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and MGM Studios were all temporarily closed at various points. And this is not and this is not even Christmas Day. I'm, we're talking. Uh, this was the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Yeah, Wednesday, um, Thursday. And Friday, it was it was ugly over there. I it went over. Ugly. I tried to get in Magic Kingdom on Wednesday and got turned away and ended up in Epcot, thinking I could get on the monorail and go over to the Magic Kingdom. That didn't work. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. Yeah, I, it's. I had family in MGM that that day, and they said it was absolutely the most insane thing they'd ever seen. There were people, and every. Every Square play, foot. Everywhere you turned. Everywhere you turned. Yeah, on the news, they were showing the uh, aerial shot of the parking lot. It was uh, insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is, I think this is probably going to go down as one of the best Christmas seasons in Orlando in a long time. Yeah. Um, everybody seemed to be real busy. The hotels all seemed to be, be kicking. Uh, the, parks were, the parks were certainly very busy. And uh, according to the news story, though, uh, a lot of people were uh, very upset. That the parks they they weren't get gaining access to the parks, and I, I have to ask this question: What did you expect? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't it's, have the park to myself on Christmas Day. It's the week oh. between Christmas and New Year's. Everybody's there. <laughs> what do you think is everybody happen? but the five of us? If yeah. you go, if you go <laughs> rolling up, if you go rolling up to MGM, the smallest theme park of the four, at at noon <laughs> during that week, and you don't get in. You should be surprised. You, you, you should be surprised if you did get in. Well, you know what surprised me, Peter, was Animal Kingdom closed right after Magic Kingdom on the busiest days, which Animal Kingdom is actually starting to see a whole bunch of traffic coming their way. Real, well, I think ride. Expedition Everest. Everest it in. Expedition uh, Everest. Boy, what a stroke of genius that was! And it's closing now before MGM. MGM ended up closing because the parking lot reached capacity. The park didn't reach capacity. They had a lot of people driving in. So, wow. So that closed third, and then everything got absorbed into Epcot. The one I thing they did say, it. my family did say, was they were amazed at how uh, polite and patient the cast members and the people that were working there were. They said they were very, very surprised with that level of uh, attendance, how nice and organized everyone was. So yeah. I really? thought that was a compliment. That's very good to yeah, they were They were prepared. I went back on Saturday morning and i actually went to the magic kingdom saturday morning at uh 10 a.m and there wasn't as much capacity that day as th- wednesday thursday and friday so but they had the park was filled but they didn't reach capacity 
any time that I was there through one thirty in the afternoon, they didn't have to. Now, have us. you guys? Have any of you guys had a chance to read the most recent uh, Mouse Matters article? Um, Doctor Mike was uh, was in the Magic Kingdom for the filming of yeah, the Christmas the parade. parade, and uh, it. You should really read it. It's it's a very it's a very interesting story about how that parade is filmed. Um, mm. But uh, just in talking about you know what goes on around the holidays and what some of the things you should expect to come across like That's closed parks and and parades that are being filmed for television. That's quite an ordeal. That is. It's quite an ordeal. They, they sat they there for like about it, three hours. If they don't like what they shot, they take them back the parade back up yes, the road do. and do it again and do it again until they get it the way they want it. And there's no music playing, so it just kind of looks <laughs> <laughs> like weird. Like it's they're a, miming the parade. The, exactly. <laughs> I like the over in the uh, Disneyland, they put these big balloons up to cover the castle mm-hmm. because it was like you couldn't see the castle. I think, I, no, that was the Magic Kingdom here. Uh, they had covered the Magic Kingdom up, and they had taken down the the garlands for the Christmas too, for to get the tree up and down the street. Oh, yeah. That was well, part also of the, the floats don't fit under those all the time for the parade. Well, yeah. right. They some of those floats aren't in the regular parade, right? And they were very high, so getting the down floats the were high. Yeah, the high <laughs> high floats. Well, they also have a continuity. They don't drug problem. test the floats before yeah. they go on the parade because they use some stock footage in that parade, also. Yes. And what happens is they take stock footage on sunny days in October and November when there's a no garland up. Right. So they have to take the garland down for continuity. Otherwise, it would be there and it's gone and it's there and it's gone and there it's gone. Yeah. yeah if you want to read Dr. Mike's, uh, Dr. Mike's account of uh, watching the parade being filmed, you can check it out on the homepage of the Diz. We'll also put a link to it in the show notes this week. Uh, let's move on to the number two story. According to the Los Angeles Times, the new owners of the Disney store have done something even the great Disney company itself could not do. They've made the Disney store profitable again. Sold product. After years of declining sales, the Walt Disney Company sold off the chain of retail stores in 2004 to Children's Place. And they have done apparently quite a good job uh, increasing sales uh, 15% last year. Well, that's because the, at the end of Disney's hold on those stores, all they sold was plush and kids T-shirts. And they were doing, and they were pushing, uh, they were, they were pushing uh, Mar- marketing movies and 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 mar- merchandise for movies that weren't popular. And beanie babies. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, when they used to be like, uh, you know, you could buy collectibles there and mm-hmm. artwork and things like that. It was always interesting to go in. After a while, it was just you know, right. Any kid store. And even though the, even though Disney sold off uh, the stores, they still get five percent of the revenue uh, from all the stores. So they'll end up. They're estimating that uh, Disney is going to end up putting in, a, getting about thirty million dollars next year, which isn't a lot. When you consider, you know, everything Disney makes, but when you stop and think this thing was losing money for them for years, and all of a sudden... And now you, you don't know, have to do anything. Now you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, just cashing the check. So, good for them. And that kind of segues into the number one story, which uh, is uh, about uh, the other turnaround in Disney's fortunes uh, this year, which really, I guess we have to say, is uh, Bob Iger, the new CEO of Disney. He's now had a full year, a little more than a full year. And Wall Street has certainly embraced him. The company stock is up 45%. And they're saying that it's doing no small part to the brilliant acquisition of Pixar. Yes. Right after he took over last year. Because it looked, uh, if, if you guys remember, that it looked when Michael Eisner, at the time Michael Eisner left, it looked like Pixar, that deal was gone. Mm-hmm. That uh, Pixar and Disney were going to part ways and Pixar was going to make films and Disney was going to be left in the dust. So by getting Pixar, he not only 
stop that from happening. He also got Steve Jobs on the board of directors, and that paved the way to the iTunes deal, which has proven to be unbelievably successful for them. And Disney sent a strong message to Wall Street. They said, you know, we're not we're not going to go the way of the dinosaur with all this new media. We're going to stay we're going to stay current. And I think that's what Iger's done. He's breathed life back into it again. They're doing stuff. Did you hear iTunes couldn't handle the crowd Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Every, everybody had we new were part iPods. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so was I. I got an iPod for Christmas and we couldn't make it work and we thought, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? Come right. to find out the traffic was yeah, so heavy. Your fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, part of it was. Well, I was getting, fr- I was getting frustrated because I had bought one for my brother for Christmas and we were trying to do that Christmas night. Uh, I was trying to set it up for him and, and show him how to use iTunes. When trying to download something, he keeps giving me this error. I'm like, oh no. I bought a half hour TV show. And it took me two hours to download it. Oh, my. I'm, I'm totally addicted to my iPod. I've had an iPod since they came out. I think I'm on my third or fourth one now. <laughs> uh, not because they've died necessarily, but they just because they come out with, they come out with something one. better. And right. it's like, Those okay. video ones are really Isn't that nice. what you have, Kevin? I, it is. I yeah. have two iPods. Well, let's see. I, yeah, well, it's right. That you've got the Nano. and you've, no, the, well, I'm, saying, I'm saying you have the, the Nano, the iPod Nanos, which are the, the three gig oh, ones. And then, the mm-hmm. little shuffles are really cute, though. We bought one for um, his sister mm-hmm. so she could work out with it, and she loves it. Yeah, I mean, they, they talk about brilliant marketing. But yeah, that's why I was so thrilled to see, you know, a, a voice like that now on the Disney Board of Directors. Yeah. Uh, that kind of creativity. Steve Jobs has been, I've been a big fan of his for, from way back in the, the beginning of Apple. Um, so I, just seeing him on the board, I think, is, is, is nothing but I hope they bring good. back the handcrafted Disney animation. And I think they might. There was a story about they're they're making a handcrafted Disney movie. Really? I think that's a legacy thing that they have to keep they have doing. To do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I with agree you. Too. It might not be their only product, but I think they have to keep their hand in it. They perfected it. Well, I think Roy Disney also now has uh, proven that he knows exactly who should be running the company and when. Um, I mean, he he was the one that decided it was Eisner's time, and he was the one that decided when it was no longer Eisner's time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he allowed uh, he allowed Iger. Um, I just wonder what's going to happen when he's gone. Who's going to keep the Who's going to keep an eye on it then? I um, can't believe Corey didn't talk to Roy Disney the other time when we were in the monorail. He mm-hmm. let me down. Yeah, I could have got some good scoops. <laughs> oh, well. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> and that's gonna that's gonna do it for the news this week, folks. So, uh, Kevin, you mentioned that you had some rumors. You want to talk about those before we get started on some of our other. Discussions? Sure. The first rumor I heard is that one of the boats used in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie is going to be part of the Pirates and Princesses parade. It's actually here. It's been spotted coming onto Disney property. Really? Ooh, on the back fun. of a truck. And they. it's my understanding that they had to raise any of the wires on Main Street to make room for the boat to be part of the parade. Wow. Which is really going to be cool. That is really yeah. very cool. It also tells me that they're not going to use those same old floats with the snow globes on them for oh, the, new, the new parade. That'll thank cool. goodness. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. Now, this is all part of the Pirate and Princess Party that's coming up starting January uh, 22nd. There's going to be 13 nights of the party. It's a hard-ticketed event. We have all the information up on the Diz about it, so you can go and check it out. But this is something that looks like it's going to be really cool. And I have a surprise for the podcast team. We're all going to the first night. Really? Who oh, are we? I got tickets for everybody. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I got tickets for Walter and Diana as well. Oh, cool. So we're all going to have be there and have one big party. Oh, great. Awesome. That'll be fun. Excellent. Surprise. Yay. <laughs> Yay. 
I have one more rumor. The bad news is I don't have any prizes to go with it. Uh, I found out they're where they're going to build the new dinosaur restaurant at downtown Disney. It's going to be between, be between McDonald's and the Portobello Yacht Club. They're taking out what used to be valet parking, that circular area, and that's where the new restaurant's going to be built. Hmm. I didn't know. It, I thought it was kind of cool. I didn't know there was a new dinosaur restaurant. There's yeah. a couple new Disney. restaurants coming to downtown Disney, and um, this is being partnered with... I forget who's being partnered with. I think it's the Levy Brothers. Yes, exactly. It's the Levy Brothers. So we should get some new good food at Downtown Disney, which will be nice. That'd be a nice change. Yeah. They're also adding new restaurants at uh, Pleasure Island. Yes. So well, that's good because they took away that missing link sausage place, so there was nothing to eat over there. Right. You got Raglan Road, which is great. Which is very Raglan good. Road is yeah. really good. I yeah. have to tell you, we just recently ate at the fast food part of Raglan yeah, Road. Yeah, that's oh, good. Oh, the cooks. Um, what's it? it's, it's cooks. cooks, right? The fish and chips. And I got to tell you, it was terrific. Oh, we really it was really good at Raglan. Oh, I had uh, I had dinner at uh, Raglan Road uh, about a month, a month and a half ago, and I I was shocked how good it was. We were too. Nice we beer ate selection like two too. Two or three weeks ago, I think. Oh yeah, the beer. We haven't yeah, been yeah. there since it first opened. Actually, we should go back and give it another try. I had Kevin's Ooh. ham. <laughs> that was the name of my dish. <laughs> the chef there, his first name is Kevin. <laughs> Not my ham. <laughs> Don't be touching my ham. <laughs> Those are my rumors. Cool. <laughs> touching my hand. <laughs> Great, Kevin. Thank you very much. And with that, we will move on and discuss a little bit about uh, some vacation planning. Uh, being that it's January, and this is normally the peak season for people to start planning their, their trips for, for 2007, we thought we would have some discussions on what you need to keep in mind as uh, you start planning your vacations to Disney World this year. And we are actually going to start uh, with a discussion about planning a Walt Disney World vacation. In subsequent weeks, we're going to talk about off-property resorts. We're going to talk about Cruise Line, Disneyland. This week, I think we will discuss uh, Walt Disney World. Let's start out with uh, the process of selecting your resort. For a lot of you listening, you already know what resort you want to stay at. This is aimed more uh, at the folks who uh, may be doing this for the first or second time and uh, need a little bit more help. So what would you guys, uh, what would you guys recommend in terms of selecting a resort? I think first and foremost, and this applies to, to every aspect of a Disney vacation, is figure out how much you want to spend. Once you figure out how much you want to spend, then you know what Disney Resort level to pick. You yeah. know, And the choices are so varied that your first way of narrowing down what it is you want to, where you want to stay is going to be based on price. I would agree. Everybody would like to stay in the presidential suite. But... <laughs> There's just not that many of them, and it's cost prohibitive, so you really have to be honest with yourself and tell yourself, what can I afford? Now, what kind of price point are we looking at for 2007, let's say, at, at some of the at some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the, 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 okay, I can get it out, at some of the deluxe Take resorts? Take your time. <laughs> well, you know, the price points are going to change with uh, what season you pick. Uh, like the, the value resorts... Pop Century and the All-Star Resorts, the value season starts at like $82. And the holiday season goes as high as 129 That's for the value resorts. Now, the you go to the moderate resorts, value season, that's 145 And this is for 2007? That's for 2007. And that gets as high as uh, 199 That's for the moderate resorts, Caribbean Beach, Port Orleans Riverside, and Port Orleans French Quarter. Now, the deluxe resorts, you know, the Coronado Springs, that's 145 goes as high as 199 also. Um, the deluxe resorts, say at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, value season two fifteen per night. 
now the holiday season goes as high as three fifty nine. And that's uh, at the lodge. That's at Animal Kingdom Lodge. That's a little bit less than some of the other. Uh, they they usually run a little bit lower at the Animal Kingdom Lodge for some reason. Yeah. Because what contemporary is what's what's the contemporary getting? Two fifty nine at the contemporary, yeah. and it goes as high as three eighty nine. Yeah. In addition to the time of year and the type of resort that uh, um, mandates how much you're going to spend. It also is the location of the resort. One reason why Animal Kingdom Lodge is less is because it's not a monorail resort. So figuring out what's important to your family is going to be another factor in what resort you choose. Well, transportation, yeah. Transportation. That, that, that certainly plays a huge role, uh, whether or not you're going to rent a car. Um, how are you going to get to and from the airport? Do you need to go off Disney property for anything? Are you going to need a car? I don't well, think it's been mentioned, but those prices were for standard rooms. Yeah, those standard, standard rooms, rooms, value season, right? And exactly. Right. The, the room type you choose. So at Animal Kingdom Lodge, that price will go up if you want a Savannah View room. So there are a lot of factors that go into your decision of where you want to stay that also play into price. So it's something that you should sit down with your family and figure out what's important to you. There are a lot of people who think uh, that a room is just a place that you rest your head, and mm-hmm. once you turn the lights out, they all look the same. Exactly true. There are other people who think that the amenities offered by the resort are an integral part of their vacation. Exactly. So it's really a matter of what you think your family is going to get that best value out of. Do some res- some research on the resorts. Figure out what's important to your family. Figure out what's going to uh, make everybody happy as much as you can, because you can't make everybody happy. And then I would take it from there. After that point, figure out when you can or want to travel. Um, not everybody can travel in value season because the kids are in school. So exactly, and that's a good rule of thumb. Disney is Disney is the, the the crowds are much lower when the kids are in school. If the kids are out of school, the crowds are always usually higher. You can play with dates no matter how you want, and you can go a day either way. But, but if you use that's that your as rule a of rule thumb. of thumb, if your kids are in school, it's less crowded. Exactly. I'm reading these rates right off the the website, you know, so anybody can go and see all the, the actual dates for the seasons and the whole list of room types and rates. Link you just from the thought homepage. you knew everything. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> had it all, off the top of your head. I had it all in my head, you know. <laughs> yeah, Come I, on, I, quiz me. We'll, we'll, put, uh, we'll put some links in the show notes to uh, um, the seasons and the, and the pricing charts that we have up on the site. And one last important part about resorts, too, is the – uh, room capacities will also dictate how much you spend and where you're going to stay. Not all rooms will accommodate larger families. You're talking about parties of four is the uh, is the common number where rooms cut off. You may have to get two rooms, or it may make more sense to pay a little bit more for a room that may sleep five people. Exactly. Basically, the, anything below the deluxe, you're, you're only going to be able to get four people in. Right. right. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's put you guys on the spot here. We're going to go around the table. Favorite resort? Which one would you recommend? You have to tell somebody if this is where I'd stay. Where would you stay, John? Ooh, what's tough for me is being a DVC member. My favorite resort is Old Key West, a much more expensive resort because of being DVC. The DVC members take that resort first, so yeah. the rooms are a little bit more well, money. Old Key West can be rented, so that counts. That's right. a legitimate answer, Kevin. How about you? If price is no object, Animal Kingdom Lodge. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No. Wilderness Lodge. I knew you meant to say that. I meant to say Wilderness Lodge. <laughs> don't even know where you want no. to stay. I was, you were talking about the Animal Kingdom Lodge before. Wilderness change. Lodge. If price was no object, it would be Wilderness Lodge. Mr. Martin? Well, um, moderate resort, definitely Port Orleans Riverside. I'll still call it Dixie Landings. Is that your, fav- is that your favorite? You like- That's just because you're from New Orleans. Yeah, you got it. That's well, right. you know. There's a lot of, a lot of pride. <laughs> a lot of pride there. If they ever build an upstate New York resort, I'll go there. <laughs> they do. Saratoga Springs. Oh, they did build an upstate resort. Never mind. I, don't, I still don't want to move. 
I don't want to copy John, but I do love old Key West because I am in love with Key West. But um, I would have to say that uh, I would say the boardwalk because I love having access to the boardwalk and all the fun things there are to do there. Okay. Good. I picked the beach club. Now, I love Wilderness Lodge, but I picked the beach club because of its locale between Epcot and MGM. And you get it, you know, you're able to go back to the hotel rather quickly. That's also a good thing about um, the boardwalk. I mean, yes. Corey and I have walked to right. Epcot and to MGM from there. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is you know, with the beach club, the pool area is the best on property, I feel. I That's like absolutely that. true. Yeah. I agree. And I think that has a lot of value for when somebody's looking at a hotel. Especially All, if you have children. Any of those Epcot area resorts, there's great value at being able to walk back or a few of you walk back to the hotel and some others stay at the ho- at some of the parks. My parents love the Swan and Dolphin because of that. You know, the Swan and Dolphin, I, it's I great for value. See, yeah, if, if, uh, if we're going to talk about uh, on property, then I have to go with Swan Dolphin. Oh, I personally speaking. Yeah. Personally speaking. No, you already said Beach Club. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you can't change. You made that rule. Your vote's okay. over. I knew everybody was going to pick a deluxe. That's why um, I picked a moderate. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, you should pick what, which one your favorite is. That's the question I asked. I didn't, yeah, exactly. You didn't say, what can I afford to stay yeah, in? I said, what's your favorite? Which one Which one did you... If you but, have to recommend to someone I mean, a place Caribbean, to stay, where Caribbean would you... Caribbean Beach is fun, too, though, because you can ride the little surreys, you know, with your I, family. I think I don't know so about. Fun. I don't is there about, any resort that you couldn't find something good about? I, I, I think that's true as well. I mean, even at the the value resorts, there's the, those pools are terrific. Not and only that, the grounds are, are spectacular, and there's a lot of fun decoration. I was just so. going to say they're so graphically interesting that it's just well, my, easy my, to my walk re- around. My reasoning for Swan Dolphin has changed, though, in the last in the last couple of years. They they've kind of moved away from the whimsy into the more into a more elegant. Uh, style yeah, in that yeah. hotel, the bright green and peach. It reminds me. It just I don't know. It 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 just is a very. It's a very elegant. elegant. It's a very elegant hotel, and the price point. I mean, where, if I'm going to stay on when I do stay on property and I do stay on property, that's where I stay. Yep. Yeah. When my family comes here, that's where I put them. Yeah. They have a great pool. Um, they have a great pool area they too. Do. So I real. I mean, that pool, uh, frankly, is 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 second second only to. Uh, uh, Yacht and Beach Club. Yacht and right. Beach Club. Only because it's not a sandy bottom. I love that. Yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> they do, cool. and they've got great restaurants over there. I mean, and, and those beds, um, come on, those heavenly beds. Oh, they my. are nice. We, we've we stayed there several times. We always stay during the food and wine for one night. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, so if I, I mean, to be, I just have to be honest. I don't want to sound like I'm shilling for them because I'm not trying to do that, but... Um, in all honesty, if I stay on if I stay on property, that's where I stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, only negative comment I could give you about any resort off the top of my head is you talked about the boardwalk. I think the parking area is too far from your room. It is. I will agree with you on I that. I think it's such a large resort that I find it exhausting to get from one place to another. It's so big that you can park out in the parking lot and have a 10-minute walk to your room. So that's, I, that's the only okay. negative well, thing that I opens say up, about that it. opens up a fair question then. Um, I asked you what your favorite ones were. What's your least favorite and why? What's your, what's your least favorite? I, I could start that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the contemporary is my least favorite. I just feel like it, it looks old. Um, I don't feel like it's contemporary when I walk in there. And what's up with the goats on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. Oh, no. Uh-oh, Kevin's going to be in trouble. Kevin's that good. is a Mary Blair mural. <laughs> 
Mary Blair is one of the Imagineers that formed Disney World. Okay, well. And it was a contemporary when it was built. Of course, of course. But I think if it's going to continue to be called the contemporary, that every year there should be something done to make it contemporary. Julie, have, have you seen the rooms since they've redone them? I've seen photos, but not have been inside. The, the way they rooms re- are beautiful. Are yes, beautiful. they are. They I really just are. I don't like the feel of that resort. I can't help it. But once you step out of the room, em- but they still call the Empire State Building the Empire State, and nobody calls New York the Empire State anymore. No. So you can't change the name of the hotel in well, 1971 when it was built. Stop. Kevin, Kevin. Okay, well, everybody's allowed to. No, she's not allowed to say bad things about the contemporaries. Not shoot the best. Or Mary Blair. Wait till wait till it gets around to me. Kevin has an attachment (laughs) with those goats. I do. Five legged goats. (laughs) I just. Who else? Which? which, How about you, Kevin? Okay, we know you like the contemporary. Which one don't you like? (laughs) To be honest with you, the only resort I don't really have a great thing to say about is Pop Century. I've never stayed there. I think it's kind of tacky. I agree. I I just think it's kind of spread out and not my cup of tea. And that's all it is. I don't like the, the, the computer pool. I don't like the great big graphics on it. I think they did that much better at All Star. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the only thing. And I, I, I think it has its place. I think the price point has its place. Mm-hmm. I just, it's not my favorite There's, there's also something funny about the Pop Century. The Pop Century is one of the few resorts you can see from an area that's off Disney property. When we travel to Disney from home, we go down uh, the Osceola Parkway. And as you travel down the Osceola Parkway, one of the things you see in the distance is the big neon a cell phone okay. from the Pop Century. So it's, it's very out of place, I think. It's too great adventure for Disney. I think the other resorts have a, a touch of class. Talking about Six Flags, Great Adventure, the theme yeah, park. Yeah, okay. I, I, I use Great Adventure for lack of the name of another theme park. Mm-hmm. And Disney usually has too much, you use the word elegance. I think even All Star has a certain elegance to it that I think Pop Century is lacking. Uh, I don't know if I can agree that All Star has elegance. A certain elegance. I think if they would ever finish the other part of it Mm -hmm. so that there was kind of a mirror image, they were going to go with a more classic look to the other side. Mm -hmm. I think that might make me like it better, but I just don't care for it. And how about you, Mr. Majoy? I would say my least favorite would be the All Stars. And my reason for that is my favorite is uh, Old Key West. When I go away somewhere, I want more room in my room. We talk Mm -hmm. about people choose a room or choose a location or resort for their own personal reasons. I like to have a little more space. I find the rooms at um, the All-Stars to be a little too confining. However, they did just do those suites. The family suites. Those family suites. Which are really nice. They look really nice. And those are really nice. So if they can put more of those in, I may change my mind. Bob? Coronado Springs. Because it's so spread out. Yeah. And it's so difficult. If you're in the back area to walk around to the food court, it, it's just way too spread out for me. It's, if you don't know where the pool is, good luck finding yeah. it. And, well, I mean, also, it's, a, it, it's almost always overrun with conventions. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a very, very big business uh, convention resort. And you always end up, even if the rest of property is really slow, if there are a couple of conventions going on there... Yeah. Forget it. You can't get a you can't get a place to eat. You can't get a parking spot. You, you know the pool is packed. Um, Corey, how about you? I'm gonna have to agree with Bob and John. All stars. I uh, just just something about it. I just I don't like I don't like the. It is tacky. It really is. And and like you said, Bob um, Coronado. I mean, just going there to do photo shoots is just. I mean, you you leave exhausted. Yeah, I know it. 
Right, but you know, where I where I'll give uh, All Stars and Pop Century even some uh, some slack is is the fact that the price point is is reasonable. We're talking about you know between eighty and a hundred and thirty dollars a night uh, for a hotel room on Disney property with all those amenities. Right. Yeah, I mean, there it's over the top. It's garish. You know, it's not everybody's taste. Um, what bothers me is when hotels are supposed to be nice and aren't which is the problem with the contemporary. So they may have great murals in the, in the, uh, in, in the lobby there, but, uh, or in the atrium, but well, out of the, the three all stars, I like movies the best. Well, you like, you like movies the best. Hey, yeah. Out of yeah. the three, if I had yeah. to pick one with the, with the oversized Disney characters, I mean, I think that uh, I like that. Oversized Disney characters, their food quarters, Right up there. I was only defending Mary Blair's murals. I was not defending this service at all. Julie doesn't understand how important they are. Well, I agree with Julie. I agree with Julie. I think hands down, and I've said it before, I'm not going to go off on a tirade about it. I've already done that once. But uh, the uh, hands down worst managed property uh, on uh, on Disney, worst managed hotel on Disney property, hands down, is the contemporary. Everybody no gets silent when Pete starts question, talking about the contemporary. No question about it. I, please it, don't it's let been, him go off. Please don't let him go off. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying that it has been consistently bad. But the murals my, are great. The mural, I'm sure, is lo- is lovely. I, five-legged goat. I, I, yeah, I always wondered what the five-legged goat was about to begin with. Well, so originally the name was the that Grand one. Canyon Concourse. Oh. Right. That's the name of that space. Okay. Does it make more sense now? <laughs> Tell the people you like it. <laughs> I, think, I think when we talk about resorts, too, you almost have to take service out of the picture. Because I think that, unfortunately, service on Disney property in the resorts has become spotty. So I think it almost you can't, you can't say that the All-Stars, you get worse service than... A deluxe resort. I, I really think, think the service is spotty all over the park, and I think we've talked about that. I think there has been a consistent problem of service. I was complaining about the contemporary in 2000. So not much has changed. And I said back in 2000, as a matter of fact, on the site I said that uh, I thought the contemporary rested far too much on its laurels because of where it's located. And that because it's only a short walk to the Magic Kingdom, literally a short walk to the Magic Kingdom, and it's got the cool, you know, the atrium where the monorail goes through, and it's got that novelty aspect to it, that they kind of rest on that, and the service and the attention to detail that is supposed to be there when you're paying two, three, four, five hundred dollars a night for a hotel room does not seem to exist on a on as regular a basis as it should at the Contemporary. Um, so that's why that one remains at the very, very top. When they when they decide to actually run that run that hotel like it's a Disney hotel, um, then you know maybe maybe that'll change. But I haven't seen that in six years. I'm not we had an experience the other day about you're talking about the level of service. We had an experience the other day where we tried to buy a hot dog, and I have I please don't write to me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people coming to this country and working. I think it's a wonderful thing. However, I dealt with a cast member who spoke no English. And this person was in a service position. That's, yeah. I, I didn't want chili on my hot dog. And I got to drawing diagrams and, <laughs> oh, geez. you know, using hands. I can't even draw chili. And I mean, X through the chili. <laughs> I, I, this person wow. spoke virtually no English whatsoever. And I just don't know that she was the person who should be dealing face-to-face with a customer. Right. Taking orders. Right. 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 
you know what? Once you can't understand someday, what's going on. Right. If you can't communicate, I, I don't know that you should be the one dealing directly with the public. Precisely. Maybe so I she think, was outsourced. I, you know, I didn't consider that, but I still think that the, the same thing holds true. I mean, that true. would have been like you trying to sell pizza in Italy, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know, again, with the hand signals and uh, I don't want to get too far off track with uh, our, our discussion here. We've been talking about resorts, and, and uh, let's, let's move on from resorts, though, and, and talk about uh, best time of the year right now. Based on what we know about what's coming up in 2007, what do we think uh, the best time of the year this year is going to be to travel? Again, you know, that really depends a lot on, on what it is you want to do and what you want to see. Um, there's a lot of special events. They've added that Pirates and Princess party. That's beginning of the year. At the end of the year, there's always the Halloween party and the Christmas party. So if you're interested in a special there's event. There's the Flower and Garden. Yeah, Flower and Garden in April. And Food, Food and Wine and Festival. Yeah. Going into October yep. and November. And I, you know, and you can you can highly recommend any of those events. You can highly exactly. recommend Christmas. You can highly recommend. Well, I don't know if I can highly recommend Christmas right now at Disney yeah. World. Oh yeah, you for can. me personally, I, can. I like, I know, I like can. the springtime because I love the Flower and Garden Fest visit. For you know? us, weather would be a consideration. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, weather is a big consideration. Can you handle the heat? Now, what, the heat, yeah, because I mean, the heat in Orlando it really starts getting stupid hot. Like late, it can start as uh, as early as late May or mid May yeah. to get stupid hot, and then toward the end of September it begins to. Well, September begins to taper off. September is the most well, humid month. I was about to say September is hot still. Yes. Well, but it begins. But we we start seeing. Yeah, you know you're right. September is too hot. Yeah, October. October is really hot. October's October's awesome. If you take, if I'm you take how bad this September the flower was. and garden time frame, those dates, food and wine dates. Those are two excellent times to. Co- to look at for going to. And they're probably planned on those dates because that, the heat is usually what, a lot more manageable. And you know manageable. what? The crowds are more manageable. Oh, much yes. more. Mm-hmm. At those two things. Even though those events can get busy. And I'm sorry, Flower and Garden, I don't notice that huge a difference in the no. the, the, the the population in Epcot because of the Flower and Garden. You do festival. see on the weekends, you know, if you want to stay, you know, Sunday to Thursday, there's some great values there. I think this is the discussion we should have about when's the best time to go. Isn't that what we're doing? I'm in online. We are online. <laughs> we're recording, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Diz Roundtable Discussion. <laughs> we're going to move on from the other part to this. Folks, just so you understand why Kevin said that, uh, we had paused to take a, a quick break. And uh, Kevin didn't realize that uh, we weren't having a uh, we, that we were we were actually recording. Kevin's like, you're not going to cut. Well, that you out. know that says something though. I mean, this isn't this isn't stage. This isn't scripted. Right. This is very real. And these are the discussions we have with each other. So it makes me feel good that you couldn't tell the difference between a discussion we're having on the microphone and a discussion we're having off. That I means it's genuine. I don't so. embarrass easily. And I am he's like red. He's red. Your face with these. He's red. That's cool. And we now have Kevin up to speed. Okay. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> I didn't know. Y'all were here. Kevin thought this would be a good discussion to have for the podcast. <laughs> There's so, so the many factors. The headphones and the microphones on, the, really? you know, in front of everybody just kind of just threw them off. There's, there's so many factors in when to go. In addition to heat and and all those things, is also um, uh, personally what works best for you. Right. Um, if you can travel in the value season, off season, my opinion, that's the best time to go because it's usually. The best temperature; it's the least crowds and things like yeah. that. So, if you have young children that aren't in school yet, 
Those are the times you, sh- you should look at Something to else we need to keep track of. And it's been our discussion recently. If you have an old guidebook, throw it out. Yeah. Uh, we okay. just, the best time to go used to be the, the day after Thanksgiving till the middle of December. Yeah. Well, the online community has it's changed that. Has yes. changed that. Has everybody, everybody now knows that. And it's no longer the least crowded time of the year. So I think if you have an old guidebook, it's time to get rid of it. And Things have changed. To us. And listen to us. Exactly. But uh, so there are, yeah, there it really, the best time of year depends. I mean, if you're going from a, from a, a weather perspective, I can highly recommend October, November. Um, yeah, it's really hot here in the summer. I mean, like yeah, uncomfortably it's hot. Un- and, and, and the parks are crowded and there's just nothing, nothing worse than, you know, it's bad enough to be in, in the midst of crowds like that. But then when it's a hundred degrees with 95% right. humidity, everybody's patience gets a little frayed. Exactly. I really think that you should plan around your specific event that you want to attend. Right. But, I mean, you got to you know. get your calendar and, and get your schedules of what's Events, going on yeah. around in your life and look at what's in important to you and also keep in mind too in the off season that's when most of the rehabs take place right so you may get here and space mountain may be closed a water park could be closed for a month so make sure you check those things in advance exactly right exactly now one of the most confusing aspects for people right now in in terms of planning a vacation are the number of options available for disney tickets uh they changed this a couple of years ago uh to make it more flexible and also make it more expensive and uh, so let's let's just talk a little bit about your ticket options. You, you start out with a base ticket, and basically add things onto it. And what you add onto it really all depends on what your needs are for the vacation you're planning, and if you plan on coming back here again uh, in the future and want your tickets not to expire. So, and the base ticket reflects traveling, uh, visiting one park each day of your stay or each day of the, the ticket length that you purchase. Right, and you can buy a ticket that's either one day in length or going as high as uh, 10 days. One of the things that I answer frequently is, is a 10-day ticket the cost of 10 one-day tickets? And it's not. The cost per day drops as you add days to the length of your ticket. Yeah, starting at five days. It, it, right. Exactly. So it does get cheaper the longer you stay, the right. greater the number of days you And there's you, significant you add, savings the out there. It really is. Once you oh, get yeah. those longer lengths of stay, however, they also realize that the 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 average length of stay of uh, the Disney visitor was five days at one point, and they're trying to increase that. So that's why they make it cheaper to come seven, eight, nine, ten days on a exactly. ticket. Exactly, exactly. One of the options you can add to your ticket is a no expiration option, meaning that your tickets will not ex- ever expire. So if you're planning multiple trips. If you're thinking about coming back year after year, a much longer ticket, buying the 10-day ticket might be a great option. With the no expiration. With the no expiration. Now, the no expiration adds cost to your ticket, but spread out over the cost of two trips, it might make financial sense to do that because you could split it up into two one-week vacations and you'd have five days of park ho- or park adventures for each vacation. And there. it's always been Disney's policy that... Um, Tickets have always been good forever. This new non-expiration thing as is just is new to this new ticket option. So if you have old tickets to Disney, you can still use them. They expire fourteen days. Yeah, let's talk. Actually, let's just talk a little bit about what has changed with these tickets. If you've ever bought a, a Disney ticket in the past, number one, you cannot transfer these to anybody else. If you have unused days in your ticket, even if you buy the no expiration option, you are not able to give that pass to a friend of yours who's going to be visiting and say, "Hey, I've got three days on this." They now that's why they're scanning for your fingerprint. 
yeah. in order to prevent you from doing that. So that's something they've changed. Uh, these, par- these passes, as John mentioned, never used to expire. And that changed a couple of years ago. You have to pay for that option now. All right. As Corey just said, the base ticket now will expire 14 days after your first day of use. So if you don't use them all up, you've lost that money. You've lost it. Well, let's talk about what the options are. You have the no expiration option. You have the park hopping option. Yeah. Otherwise, the base Do- ticket just allows you access, as John mentioned, one day, one park. Yeah. Um, Do you want to visit more than one park per day? Then You would need the park hopping option. Exactly. They also have the water park fun and more option. The water park option. It's not only the water parks. It's also um, Disney Quest, Downtown Disney, Pleasure Island, and Disney's Wide Waste of Space. I mean, Wide World of Sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, again, this all goes back to the same thing I've been saying all along. It depends on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really depends on what you want to do, what your style is, what your family wants to do. I think the idea of I want to visit a water park sounds romantic. Except when you get here and it's you realize it's a whole that it's different story. Degrees out and, and or it's just you know you've got so much else you want to see that you know it's, it's really, like the water park is kind, kind of, of an on aside. The back burner, yeah. Exactly. Um, I think people are um, I, I underestimate the size and scope of Walt Disney World. I have family here, and the idea of jumping from one park to another or taking a day out of their vacation to go to a water park is completely foreign to them. Right. They sometimes can't handle one park in one day <laughs> so especially you know especially if you've got little kids this is a big consideration right. you know the the kids will get tired during the day and going back to the hotel and taking a nap and then going back out could seem rather daunting so that's something we recommend to people all the time and again i don't think people understand exactly how much time it takes to get from one place from to point another a to point b right. and no matter where you are on I, property I, even if you have your own car it I, still takes Walking from the Magic Kingdom to the Contemporary Hotel is great. Jumping on the monorail and going to the Poly is also great. But if you're in one park and you're staying out at the uh, All-Star, getting from the Magic Kingdom to the All-Star is going to take you about an hour. Yeah. Even on the uh, monorail, that can take you to get from Magic Kingdom to to the Polynesian. That can almost take you half an hour sometimes. Please stand clear of the doors. Please stand clear. So the the park hopping option is something you really have to consider. Is it going to be right? For your family, something to think about is the ticket prices are cheaper if you buy the ticket in advance. Correct. Disney has set it up, so if you buy the tickets before you arrive, it's cheaper. However, these add-ons are not. There's no savings for buying the add-ons in advance. Mm-hmm. So you can show up and decide, hey, listen, I forgot to add the water park feature. Let me add it at the time I get to any guest services or any ticket booth window. Right. They can add that to your ticket. Now, in addition, also, I want to make sure I mention that, uh, like, said, like John said, you, if you buy your tickets in advance, they are cheaper. You can also, there are uh, ticket discounters, ticket brokers uh, in Orlando where you can get uh, uh, good discounts. Reputable Disney ticket tickets, brokers. Reputable ticket brokers. Uh, one we have on the site, the official ticket center. We've, done, uh, we've, we've known him for quite a while. Uh, very reputable. Um, Probably the cheapest you're going to find these tickets anywhere. I mean, all the brokers pretty much have the same price, but in terms of whatever you're going to get through Disney, um, this is this is far cheaper. Not far cheaper, but cheap enough that it matters. That's where you're going to save the money in, in advance is through the broker that official ticket center. Exactly. If you if you're looking to save money, but not save money by going to one of these Seven Eleven stands that have somebody standing. Up well, yeah. Them. Well, I good rule of thumb: if uh, you're in a Seven Eleven parking lot and someone is talking to you about your ticket options, run. 
It's a timeshare tour, folks. Exactly. And there's a lot of them out there. Um, the other thing I would warn people about is buying tickets from an online auction site. There's oh, no yeah. way to test whether those tickets have t- actual days left on them or not. And as we just discussed, once a Magic Your Way ticket has been started, it's non-transferable. So buyer beware. There's no number you can call until you get to Disney World to see if those tickets are valid. They're actually valid. <laughs> you go to exactly. the park and they say, sorry. Exactly. And you know it happens. <laughs> I've it seen happens. that happen. So... We have all this information about tickets and your different options uh, explained on the site. We're going to include notes or links to that in our show notes. Oh, and also on Dreams of Travel, they we have a ticket assistant. Oh, that's right. You, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, you um, you yeah, answer absolutely. four you answer four questions and it basically spits out the ticket that's right for you. So very cool. To help people out. We'll have links to all that stuff on the uh, on the show notes. So and let's also talk okay. about. Uh, we want to move on and talk about uh, packages a little bit uh, in terms of. If you're going to, whether whether to book a package or not, whether a package makes sense for you, and what kind of what factors you need to keep in mind in making that decision. One of the first things I, I usually tell people is that understand that in the beginning of the year there usually aren't a lot of real good package deals because a lot of people are booking right now. So the prices you're locking into right now are probably the peak of what they what they're going to be all year. Um, during the course of the year, as you know availability fleshes out and they see what they need, they'll start releasing packages for certain dates. And at that point, a lot of people will convert their packages to the less expensive one. Unless, of course, you go through Dreams Unlimited and Dreams Unlimited will do that for you. You won't have to keep track of it. Your Dreams agent will. But keep in mind, when Disney releases packages for certain certain times of the year, it usually means that there's a lot of availability. Right. And what was going to be a slow time, once these packages become available will no longer be a slow time because everybody else is going to want to get the discount also. Exactly. We were talking about December a little earlier. I think that was one of the things that helped make this season so busy here um, was that they had all these great packages that they released in August and September. Last year they had a package for free dining. Yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. You buy your package and you eat for free. So, yeah, I, I, so what would you say, John, in terms of, in terms of package bookings? Well, it, one of the things you got to look at with a package is that basically the package is uh, a combination of your ticket and your room. Um, it's bundled together for you to make it a little bit easier for your stay. There are some additional amenities that come with a package, like there's uh, a free photo pass uh, picture and things like that. Yeah, it adds a little bit of value to it. However, you've got to sort of weigh out, is that better pricing for you than doing a room and, a, and ticket separate? One of the things that you have to keep in mind is with this with these packages there are only there the only way you can add certain um, options is if you have a package we talked about the dining option mm-hmm. you can't add dining options to a room only stay so if you want to get this dining package you have to have a package already and add the the dining to that dining adding the dining option adds its own set of planning to make that really worthwhile, you have to spend some time making reservations and things like that to make sure that you're going to get the money out of that extra option. Right. But it is, most people find that they do get a, a good deal out of it. So it's something to keep in mind. And then something else to keep in mind with packages is that everyone in your party has to have the same package. So if you book a room for four people, you all have to purchase that package. It all Everyone has to have the same ticket. Everyone has to have the same dining option if you choose that or not. So that's another thing to keep in keep in mind too, in that um, you may be traveling with somebody who won't get a benefit out of the dining package. Do you really want to pay for them? Um, it all goes back to that whole 
big picture of what's appropriate for you and what do you think is going to happen and be best for your family. One thing that is really nice about the package is that your um, tickets, your Disney tickets, will be encoded on your key to, uh, key to the World card, your room key that you can use. So that goes with you everywhere you go. You don't have to have a separate ticket to get into the park. Which is very convenient. It is a convenient thing. There's a lot of things you have to keep on top of. There's a lot of things. If you're going to plan a trip to Disney, I know that for a lot of people, planning a vacation is pretty much just selecting where you're going to go, what hotel you're going to stay at, and generally what you're going to do while you're there. Disney presents a much different challenge. Mm -hmm. 47 square miles, roughly a little more than twice the size of Manhattan, Manhattan Island. A lot of ground to cover you. There's a lot of things you have to consider. Some people may think it's a little uh, um, a little too type A to do this much planning or consider this much about your, uh, your vacation. But really and truly, you get to Orlando without a plan, and you're not going to have nearly as good a time or get as much value for your money as you want to get. You're very right. I can't tell you how many times we go to the park and you just see the family standing outside looking at the ticket windows like, what do get, I do? Exactly. They get the glazed look That is faces. not the place you want to figure it out, folks. Exactly. I have to add something to that, though. There's, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said about doing some pre-planning, but also build some time into your vacation that's just, I'm going to enjoy the oh, right. moment. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about, you know, Day-to-day activities, necessarily right. ride-to-ride activities. Right. At 10.15, I have to be at you need Buzz to know, Lightyear. You need to know where you want generally and, what, yes, what, what, where general. you want to be where you want to eat and that and in order to make informed decisions you've got to do some advanced research there is nothing that you want to be especially with tickets you don't want to be figuring that that out at the ticket booth bad idea and if you have small children with your party you don't want to be standing around going um what are we doing where are we going why are we here those kids are going to be like mom they expect you to know right. what's going to go happen and, and people also need to keep in mind that you know when we're talking about tickets in particular that for a lot of people, the cost of these tickets is more expensive than the cost of their airfare to get down here. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's a, mistakes are expensive. Mistakes are expensive. Yeah. If you don't they know are. what you're doing, mistakes are expensive. So, oh, I thought somebody was going to say something. I was. I was going to oh. say, don't, take, don't, don't forget to take time to enjoy the stuff that happens without you knowing about it. Be aware of your surroundings. Things happen in Walt Disney World that you don't see anywhere else. Take time to enjoy them. Don't get so attached to a plan that you, right. you, miss, yeah. you miss other opportunities. That's com- well com- said. Commando planning is not the way to go at D- Walt Disney World. If you're trying to be on a schedule, I've watched these people self-implode <laughs> in, right in front of your eyes, in front of like Buzz Lightyear. Now, I, but I will say this, that you know during peak season, if you're going to be there in the summer, especially over holidays... Then you actually do need, I think, a a, a ride by ride plan of, of where you're going to go, or air conditioning by air conditioning. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, just from the standpoint, just from the standpoint that if you know that there are there are tactics and, and ways to minimize the amount of time you spend in lines. I tell people to hit the park early in the morning, do the rides in the afternoon. That's when you do your shows. You go in and take a show in. And you get to sit down and, and cool off, and that's a general rule of thumb that I tell people. So these are uh, these are some of the uh, some of the things we wanted to share, just in, in in terms of talking about Walt Disney World. And as I said, subsequently in subsequent weeks, we're going to talk about uh, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, um, and other options that you have in, in terms of booking a vacation. So with that, we're going to get ready to wrap up and talk about just talk about our uh, Dreams Unlimited Video Trivia Challenge, which launched. Uh, Launched today, January 1st. And uh, for those of you who have not been following the last few weeks, 
This is uh, basically a, a, a tour around Southern California to promote the uh, Disneyland Southern California Dream Package. And uh, we've got 23 videos that we filmed. Uh, we're doing uh, one a day each, uh, each weekday of the month of January. And each one features a different trivia question. You can follow along and at the end of the contest, submit your answers. And we're going to select a winner at random to win a five-night Southern California Dream Package, courtesy wow. of Dreams Unlimited Travel. So that's going on right now on the Dreams Unlimited Travel site. And uh, we've, got some, uh, we've got some good stuff coming up. There's some good, uh, some good video um, that, uh, that we shot while we were out there. And these are all short videos, too, folks. These are not like 20-minute things. These are <laughs> a minute and a half to two minutes, trying to keep it short, sweet, to the point. And it's Julie. And it's Miss Julie. Miss Julie Martin is our, is our on-camera celebrity. Are people going to be able to go back and see the ones from days they've missed? Yes. Uh, actually, um, each, each day that it goes up, it stays up. Um, so you just, we're just releasing a new one each day through the, through the end of the month. But we're actually going to have these videos up. Uh, the the uh, deadline for your final submission of your answers is February 28th. So people are going to have plenty of time to go back and look at these videos and um, answer the questions. It's all multiple choice. It's all multiple choice. This is not, yeah. Some of the questions are a little bit tough. Um, some of them, there are a couple of curveballs in there. But there are, I have to say, because I would try to guess the answer. I was not informed of the answer when I was reading the question so that I would not emphasize anything. Exactly. But, um, you know, he'd try to make me guess and I would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> On only a couple. You got most of them right. You got most of them right. It's funny because I, I've forgotten some of the answers. Um, I mean, I have, have we had everything written down, but, you know, as I'm doing the editing of the video, I'm like, what is the answer to that? <laughs> With the help of Google, you can... You yeah, well, research is a research is a great thing. Research mm-hmm. is a great thing. So, but uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. We did. Give you a good overview of Southern California. And I'm not entirely certain that we're not going to give uh, little clues or something to uh, on our podcast just to give the podcast listeners a no. leg up. Well, why not? Why shouldn't our podcast listeners get a little... I'm sorry. I'm really competitive. So, like, you know, if I don't... She worked hard not giving away (laughs) the answer. That's right. (laughs) Now, I also, uh, looking at it, we're going to give away uh, random prizes, too. Yes, we are. That's really cool. Yes, we are. So you don't have to answer any questions. You just got to register to... As long as you're registered. As long as you're registered, you're eligible for random prizes. Do we know what those random prizes are going to be? Or is that why we call them random? It's a random prize. (laughs) It's a random prize. This is just like Oprah. (laughs) It is. You get a car, and you get a car. I wish. I wish I was able to hand out cars like Oprah. No, because then I show up in the show where she's giving out the fat book or something, the diet book. (laughs) Everyone gets a copy of. Well, the grand prize is awesome, though. gets the dirty T-shirt. Well, I'll I'll tell you, uh, all... Uh, all kidding aside, I think Southern California is great. I love oh, we all it had a wonderful out time. there. So much, so much to see. It's uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't know. believe how much was in San Diego alone. I want to go back there. Oh, San Diego was beautiful. Oh, God, you could was, eat off those streets. It was the cleanest was so city clean. I've ever seen. Very, and there were people doing city. it too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so much to do. I will, I will tell, this is something we don't have on the site uh, or on the Trivia Challenge area of the site, but we do have a, uh, uh, some, some, some outtake videos of uh, Uh-oh, those of were things. fun. Those were fun. And so we're going to, uh, <laughs> I'll, put one up, uh, I'll put one up later on in the week. I predict Julie's going to become very popular. <laughs> you too. Well, she did. A, she did an, an absolutely amazing, and the amazing stuff you had to job. memorize was amazing. I yeah. had a lot of fun. I and mean, no, there was no teleprompter, and no, there were no cue cards. That is, that is Miss Julie. <laughs> that is all Miss Julie. 
See, and I can't. I can barely remember my name half the time. I, I have the worst. My 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 memory is just awful. But Julie was just like she look at it once, once or twice, and then she had it down. I oh, know. It's amazing. It was it was very cool. It was very very cool. We had I'm, a great I'm time. I'm really a machine. <laughs> I'm not is that even. what I'm married to? I'm a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a great time. Everybody did a great job out there. I'm real. I'm real proud of uh, the job the entire team did and the finished product. I'm very, very proud of it. And I hope you guys all enjoy watching it as much as we enjoyed shooting it and putting it together. So, and that is going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Happy, Happy New Year to everyone, Happy and we will be back next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have Are a great we still week. online? <laughs> Are we recording now? Yeah. Are we recording? <laughs> Are we done? Have a good week, everybody. Start, Kevin. <laughs>